Shall we? Yes, I guess so. Are you? You acquired all your Greek items. You're all loaded up and ready. I did. My mom sent me on a quest, not unlike that of Hercules himself, to <laughs> procure various Greek cheeses and uh, these things that, to this day, I don't know the Greek term for. But it's like a it's a Middle Eastern snack mm. as well, where it's just like roasted honey, uh, roasted sesame seeds, then like uh, pressed in with honey, and that's. I- yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. I eat that shit all the time. You know, it was funny because, like, I was looking at the shopping list and I was like, you know, aside from the whole spiel about Vicky behind the counter, like, this is my shopping list. <laughs> <Just> various <laughs> Mediterranean cheeses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just, I love feta. I love cracker candy. Like, whatever. That's what I... my mom used to call it when I was little was, like, cracker candy. Because I guess, cracker. like, yeah, what's the fucking name for it? Um, yeah, we we just call it the honey sesame thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like I uh, let's real fast. It's John. It's Papa's basement. I'm John Papa Giorgio. She's Molly Heckerling. I'm Molly uh, Heckerling. Before we go off on our Greek tangent, yes. I guess intros are appropriate. We yeah we. I mean, I guess we owe it to the listeners. <laughs> I don't know. This is our format. We ramble on for about five minutes for a cold open. <laughs> Yeah. And then remember that you have to do the intro. We we captivate and then we remember the intro. Yeah. I I am recording with a, a belly full of Adderall, mm. the 24 hour kind apparently. I I looked on the bottle and it literally just said amphetamine dash 24 hour. So nice. I don't know if I'm sleeping tonight. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> and I am parked in my 2014 Honda Civic. Uh, like garbage all around me like a fucking cosmonaut (laughs) and i am parked beneath a dead end sign because no metaphor is too on the nose for this boy (laughs) this sounds like a sequence from like a 1990s like emo movie like american beauty or something like you just having a nervous breakdown in your car surrounded by food wrappers yeah like some real estate king just got done fucking my ass and <laughs> i realized i need to go back to kevin spacey and... yeah you're having an, ens- an existential crisis in your car and binging on feta cheese <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and staring at the i don't know what the term is for the calendars uh by the way molly and i are talking about these tweets that i put out about 30 minutes ago before mm-hmm. recording my mom uh, sent me a shopping list and and fuck i guess i can just re- read the emails right here right please so, do yes. it was very endearing so i go to the deleted thing because god forbid we prep and i already deleted these okay so my mom sent me two emails the first titled please pick up new calendar and some goods at aphrodite john I would appreciate if you saved me the challenge of driving to Aphrodite Greek Imports, uh, which is probably like 35, 40 minutes from our house. My mom is like 78. Mm-hmm. She is a living weapon oh, at shit. this point, like yeah, behind, behind a wheel. wheel. <laughs> like she is one. There is a non-zero chance like she could do one of those things where like when the news first spreads, middle America is like, shit, it's ISIS. I knew it. <laughs> and it's like no it's just an old woman that drove into a mcdonald's you know? <laughs> like, and for, kill- for some reason i still envision her as being one of those people who's like married to the stick shift 
Yeah. <laughs> she look, she has a, a 68 Datsun. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, she, I don't know. She was one of those people who was so high strung that I think she learned to drive like in her mid to late thirties. Oh, okay. So she's like me and my mom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like her mom just was like screamed at her for, I guess, whatever the duration of that first driving lesson was. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm done. I'd rather enter into a loveless marriage to get driven around (laughs) by my first husband. I I mean, it's a way to go. I'm, you know, I've been there. I mean, it's not a conscious decision that you make, but like, yeah, you just settle into not having to drive. Um, my grandmother never knew how to drive. So yeah, my grandfather drove everywhere. I think my mom tried to teach her once and she wouldn't put her foot on the accelerator. She only would take it on and off the brake. And she was like, let's just work with this pedal for this. <laughs> this one doesn't scare me. We'll yeah. build on this foundation maybe yeah. a week or two from now. And then my mom, like, she learned to drive when she moved to L.A., but she was, like, 25, and uh, she still won't go on the freeway. Like, that scene Mm -hmm. in Clueless where they're all freaking out on the fucking freeway, like, that's what would happen to her. Um, So I only recently learned to, like, drive on the freeway because this whole time my mom and my grandma, like, you know, the everlasting Greek chorus of fear, you know, just like, what do you want to do that for? memory thing. You're like, look. If someone up the family line didn't know how to drive down the highway, I can't do it. Well, was your mom born and raised in New York City or? She was born in, she was born and raised in the Bronx and in, and in Queens. Okay. Uh, well, fuck. A lot of people from New York kind of don't, don't get drive. the license. Yeah. So yeah. that's not the biggest thing. So the fact that she went out and did it, that's, that's pretty good. You, you just get, you, you get set in your ways and she drives very much like she operates. Like it's very like, I'm, I'm going, I'm stopping. I'm, it's like very jerky. <laughs> yes. I, there's a harsh breaking that even when my mom was more proficient. Yeah. Like you, you would walk out with a bruised sternum. <laughs> like you look like Marky Mark in fear, you know, where he's right. banging on <laughs> you're a little nauseous. You have slight whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> you look like Marky Mark. It's a bad scene. <laughs> it's, it's not good. And she should not be driving at all. So yeah, I guess she she was like, go and procure these items three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's talking about Aphrodite Greek import. She says, usually Vicky works behind the counter and stands where the cheeses and olives are. Mm-hmm. Ask for Vicky in bold or Sula in bold. And then a notation of how Sula is pronounced. Mm-hmm. Say that your mother, Maria Papagiorgio, spoke with Vicky <laughs> this week and asked her to save a calendar for her vicky said she would save me a calendar right also tell them you want to buy some things (laughs) (laughs) please get a half pound of feta parentheses greek which i don't know why she specified the greek you know as opposed to the japanese feta (laughs) (laughs) truth be told i remember Here's like an actual little Greek nugget of knowledge I can give you. Like, we used to think the Greek feta was like the sharpest, shittiest feta. Like, I think we would do the Bulgarian feta. Like, that was oh. that was closer almost to an American cheese that you could really just shovel in. 
It was the Velveeta of Greek. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly that. So I, I find it odd that my mom has now pivoted to the Greek because we used to feel like bad Greeks being like, fuck, given the, give us the Albanian feta, anything but the Greek feta. You know, that stuff's garbage. Mm, it's like trailer trash cheese. Yeah, it was, ugh. It had a, a real punch to it that I guess it still does. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, half pound of cassetti, as it's pronounced, which... Okay. Um, don't remember that's pretty much greek provolone Hmm, okay but i I could be wrong and then three sesame seed bars parentheses or circles if they have them thank you circles yes they can also (laughs) serve them in a circular shape yes okay that i've never seen (laughs) well i guess that one is like a log roll that they then chop oh i know what she's talking about those are shit (laughs) i've because i've seen this stuff made in crete and they make like a huge fucking like plate of it the Mm -hmm. size of like a mosaic right and then they just like slowly chop it into these strips i mean i guess that's how they make it in the old country you know like it's probably made right that's like the same thing with like brittle right you make a big sheet of something and then you just bash it with a hammer and hopefully don't cut their mouths up on it it's just brittle for hairy people yeah yeah It's, it's exactly that. It's old world honey sesame seeds. None of the good ingredients that made America as fat as it is. Brittle. Yeah. Um, keep going with the with the with the uh, list because there were just so many nuances to this that I loved that I wanted to break down well, afterwards. That, that was the first email, and as mm-hmm. if that didn't break things down enough for her son, who, you know. Like, I don't brag often about my intellect, Molly, mm-hmm. but like as a kid, I think I tested with like a 150 IQ. I still had a high enough IQ a couple of years ago to get into Mensa, but I was too lazy to send in the fucking papers. Well, there you go. Smart people are so, famously lazy. Yeah. So like, let's not act like I need this level. Fucking Forrest Gump would be insulted <laughs> by this level of I'm going to parse it out for you. <laughs> like, like Forrest Gump would be like, I'm not a smart man, but Jesus fucking Christ. You know, like um so I just spoke with Vicky. This is a, this is a subsequent email. I just spoke with Vicky to tell her you will come by to pick up the calendar and get some feta, comma, cassetti and sesame seed bars she used to be very sexy and pretty yeah older now she is still a pretty woman okay she'll be there till 6 30 all caps please remember the calendar (laughs) so i think the second part like was my favorite and like you know even amplified the first part to me because it's sort of like at first, it like reads very much like, okay, my idiot son needs to be handheld through every minor <laughs> detail. <laughs> like, yeah. Tell them you would like, but it also reads very old ladyish in the way where it's like, look at the number on my medical bracelet, call the operator and ask to talk to Sarah. Like, um, you know, and then the second part, though, to me was like, oh, She's trying to hook you up with Vicky too I, in the midst of this whole, you know, 
I mean, you know, I would quest hope... for calendars and cheese and, you know, brittle seed shit. I see. I read it as you are so stupid. <laughs> you might not know what's going on in your pants <laughs> when you see Vicky, but it's a reaction that's normal because she's sexy and pretty. Um, I thought I thought it was sort of like, you know, and maybe this is just the inner Yenta in me where yes. it's like, well, I, you know, Vicky's very nice and my son is single and she's single. And, you know, even <laughs> though she's a little older, she's still very sexy. Like, <laughs> so she'll be there till 630. Nudge, nudge. Don't forget the calendar, though, even <laughs> if she gives you a chubby like. <laughs> yeah. I know you'll be distracted and you'll want to sneak <laughs> off behind the baklava yeah. and pleasure yourself. But you don't <laughs> do that. Uh, yeah. If she gives you a semi, it's okay because I've already called in the order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You can be drooling like mice and men over there and she'll just hand you a bag and take the money right out of your pocket. I'm also wondering if she primed Vicky over the phone to be like, my son is coming, you know, he's very handsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's lost weight. I've heard that might make his penis function better, you know? I heard it might even make it look bigger. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> I I stopped wiping him three years ago. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. did sparks fly? <laughs> I mean, nothing against Vicky. She had to be like in her late fifties. Okay. Like... <laughs> so your mother is seventy-eight, though. Wait, how old are you? I am a couple months shy of forty-one. Okay. Like she had me late. Yeah. And then my dad had nine years on her. Mm. So like okay. people thought my pops was like my grandpa, and I am. I am rapidly approaching that point myself. Like I was talking with a woman a couple of weeks ago who's in her late twenties and she was just like, yeah, you know, I, I had nothing against dating someone, you know, who's 40. Like I kind of dig it actually. It's just like, you have to face the fact that kind of at the end of things, one of you is going to be without the other for a while. And I just chuckled like, no, you're not. And then I realized like my dad has been dead 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, um, but he also, you know, he's, I don't know. Oh, he lived a hard life. Yeah, yeah. and all, yeah, I mean, like, he went with something that you don't recover from, and I don't know, it, it sucks and it's sad, and, but in the grand scheme of things, like, I don't know, what, when she was in her late 20s and you're almost, you're, like, in your early 40s, like, that's not, like the biggest age difference in the universe. I don't know. Then again, like I've, I, you know, my boyfriend before Jason was 29 years older than me. So I'm, I remember I'm you disclosing that. That um, was impressive. My point of view was always sort of like, you could get hit by a car crossing the street and you never know. And age is just a number. And, but like at a certain point you realize that like, it's more than just the number mainly because you're in like vastly different phases of your life but yeah like, and like your references just aren't going to land exactly well no it wasn't about the references <laughs> you're I'm like a, john i watch tv from the 1920s i'm, I'm an octogenarian at <laughs> yeah. heart so i mean like you know that's the only reason why i tend also, to gravitate also to people know who what are... is important to me in a relationship like i want to be able to mention hey dude and not yeah, get a blank oh, really? stare back yeah you're about like contemporary references i'm like look sex is fine but i need you to be a honeymooners fan <laughs> like it's essential 
Yeah, look, uh, you, need to, the sex. <laughs> you need to threaten to punch me into an astral body. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't come unless you're threatening to smack me around. <laughs> <laughs> and your friend's rooting around in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that seedy tenement, abusive. But I mean, yeah, um... But I mean, like the uh, the age difference thing, it's like, you know, if you're talking about 10, 15 years, I don't know. It's a wash. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, one's going to be without the other. Like, everyone dies alone. Get over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> date someone else. Like, people fuck in nursing homes all the time, I think. I don't know. They do. Oh, God. I mean, I remember people talking <laughs> about, like, I read articles to the effect of, like, people were having to explain safe sex to their parents in nursing homes because these dirty motherfuckers are operating like it's still 1943 right you know and they're they're home from the war effort for a week or whatever the hell and we're just raw dogging left and right and something like (laughs) why do you think it was called the greatest generation (laughs) exactly nary a condom to be found (laughs) like like, they didn't even have herpes back then i imagine their condoms looked the same as like their stockings like there was no elastic to it like it had the bands coming out the top that hooked into like a second garter belt yeah it was like a button up with spats (laughs) (laughs) just in no way disposal disposable you would hang it from like a clothing line to dry out the same as anything else uh yeah outside the window of your brooklyn tenement (laughs) screaming at your irish neighbors you're punching her too loudly to sleep i yeah this all really turns me on see i feel like i would be the biggest whore in the nursing home like you know life doesn't have to end just when your spouse dies um i don't know i mean it sucks it really sucks but also it's like that seems like a bullshit reason to be like well we can't date because you're gonna die so much sooner than me (laughs) really (laughs) yucks my yum oh god no i mean to be fair the the person in question this is someone who lives at a distance and she's like yeah what the fuck you know like i i'd still be down i'm just saying it's a consideration Mm. yeah she lives in bosnia (laughs) (laughs) she's like look uh the citizenship won't leave with your corporal body i'm good oh shit no yeah that's uh i guess that's something I really, as I try to get out there into the dating pool myself, it just, it really is something I guess I have to consider, like, in what direction do I want to play with the age ranges, you know what I mean? Or do I do both, you know, like, am I like, I will hook up with late 20s to early 50s and fuck it, just let it ride kind of mentality. I don't know. I think there's no accounting for attraction, And on Mm -hmm. the other hand, I think it's okay to definitely set an age range, you know, the same way you would on your casting networks profile. Uh, Whatever makes you feel comfortable. I can play the following. You know, I I always sort of think it's like, you know, cut it off certainly before too young. Like, you don't want to be one of those creepy 41-year-old guys who's dating like a 19-year-old or something like that. Or someone who's, someone who doesn't have you know, your cerebral cortex isn't even fully developed until you're 25. You know what I mean? And exactly, young women are yeah. very it's... sort of like impression. Not, I don't want to be patronizing. I know that I was very, you know, I was looking for something because I was looking for myself. And when you're <laughs> vulnerable like that, 
it's All very, right, nursing it's very, home whore, go on. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for, like, a man even unintentionally to sort of fuck with that. So you want to be careful. So I would say for you, maybe you cut it off, like, under 20, but you date, like, you know, fuck it. Go as old as you fucking want. There's no accounting for attraction. And if the person's into you, like fuck Joan Rivers <laughs> like sure she's dead but she's probably still DTF like if you're into it go for it I mean now more than ever let's be real <laughs> that had probably been shut down for a while since the passing of Edgar maybe I'm not sure <sighs> um so okay so no Vicky she was a very nice pleasant woman she you got was your feta I um, did um you but... weren't so sexually aroused you forgot the cracker candy <laughs> no I I didn't pleasure myself against the the cheese display like a fucking you know 70s times square peep show window like a real harvey weinstein <laughs> yeah jerking off and rubbing your cum all over the spanakoffina <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was always like everything that dude did was horrible but coming in a plant is like something that i will never get over to me, that was the most endearing thing about him, where it's exactly. like, oh, you really have a problem, you that poor was, dear. Yeah, that was the one where you empathize. <laughs> yeah, you're where's like, your mommy? <laughs> yeah, you're like, look, we we are very woke these days, but I still don't think plant rape is a thing yet. Maybe give it 10 years. But yeah, I think we yeah. can all chuckle about a grown man ejaculating into a potted plant. Yeah, that was like, you really just have no self-control. Yeah, you are a <laughs> fucking animal. <laughs> um okay well that's good that you didn't reach harvey weinstein levels of depravity no Um, no my penis stayed housed the entire time mm -hmm. uh in fact like i'm kind of doing the the tummy full of speed benjamin button penis thing right now where it's like (laughs) all the way up to like my third rib Oh, it's turtling a little bit because of all the Adderall. A little bit. Oh God. (laughs) Are you are you a woman now? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I look like a bodybuilding woman. Just (laughs) just a noticeable clitoris from all the tea. Um. So is it the time release Adderall? Like, did it take eight hours to kick in, and you're going to be partying all night, and then you're going to sleep through New Year's? I think so. I think Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, Yeah. It is. It is supposed to be the more spansel kind of Adderall, and I'm realizing this might have been a mistake because I was like hey you know I was talking to my doctor I'm like I can definitely notice when the Ritalin taps out but it's like one of the cool things about the Ritalin tapping out is my penis returns to me Mm -hmm. at some point during the day right if this is my life here on out like I can't I don't know like even Joan Rivers corpse is gonna need a couple of (laughs) us to like this is this is not good right now. Even her corpse is going to be like, is it in yet? <laughs> it's just, yeah. It, I mean, you got to, an amphetamine is such a, what do they call it, a, a vasoconstrictor? It's the complete opposite oh, yeah. of Viagra that gets blood flowing fucking everywhere. So you do the goddamn math. You know what I mean? This is like, like this is pretty much a chemical castrator you'd give to a pedophile. That's so funny. The second you said, like, you know, about the, um, viagra like i had this like requiem for a dream <laughs> sequence moment where it's like yeah it just opens up all the vascular systems and <laughs> everything gets wider yeah, yeah exactly except instead of the pupil it's my urethra yeah <laughs> just wide open 
Oh, well, then, yeah, you got to be careful with that shit or at least plan your dates around it. You know, one of the reasons why I stopped taking Selexa was because it made it like impossible for me to come. And, you know, a friend of mine was like, well, you know, I just like, you know, when I know I'm going to hook up or I only take half or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I can't plan this shit. Like, yeah, you know, I have to be spontaneous living at home. Yeah, it's I'm pretty... a slut. I need to be able to just go. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like, you, don't know, you don't know when the boys are coming back from bocce, <laughs> yeah. home, but uh, you got to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I no, I, I completely get that. And that's I I live a similar life where just my life is very unscheduled. Like I might know that I have an improv class tonight. Or maybe I do have a date, ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, you know, I'm a locksmith. I get random calls. I, I drive here, I drive there. Or it might be the day that I don't do anything. And maybe I wanted to write today. Or maybe I'm just going to watch Bob's Burgers for six hours on my iPad, you know, like while fiddling with myself. <laughs> As Mike Sachs always loves to say. That's one of his one of Mike Sachs's three like turns of phrase that mm-hmm. I always love. He likes saying fiddling with my soft in yeah. tweets. <laughs> um, he likes saying apostrophe fuck cares question mark as in short for who the fuck cares. And then there's always random tweets about him being in a red Trans Am trying to like an 80s trans am typically like an 88 trans am on rockville pike which is where he grew up and very close to my house trying to like cop strange or cocaine possibly, <laughs> possibly behind a bob's big boy just just riding around here like be like cooler if you did. <laughs> I, I hate that i followed him so long i just know these three things like i fucking i love that guy fucking he's guy. You know, I've never met him. I don't I know, know him said. super well, but like we're mufos and he tried to help me out by putting me in touch with his lit agent when I like tweeted that I was trying to like find someone to rep my book and he was so sweet and cool about it. Um and now I feel bad that like because my book was such like a pile of like neurotic nonsense that like his agents probably turned around and were like, What the fuck was that <laughs> you trying to he's tried to set me up with people before too like to help me along a little bit like he introduced me to a producer over at xm a guy named i think oh shit i don't think it's rob sprantz but it might have been and long story short like we followed each other on twitter we communicated for a bit it like naturally petered out Right. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I noticed the guy had just unfollowed me. Oh. I was like, fucking hey, come on, man. Was that, was that needed? See, I guess I'm lucky in that sense because they never follow me in the first place. I just, oh, like... So you, you don't get the nut punch? Right. Well, I'm not, not with Mike, but, yeah, with, like, when I'm trying to network with people or I have a meeting with somebody, like... Um, I don't know. I it's it's sad when people try to help you and you're just such a hapless fuck up. It just doesn't come to fruition. You feel like you owe them an apology. At a certain, Um, it's like I feel you and I are in to some degree the same camp. Like we've certainly produced things in our lives, but you just it's when someone is like, okay, like what project do you have? that I can help you further and like get you noticed and and you kind of like just want to almost like dump your toys on the table like Mm -hmm. a little kid just be like we can play with any of these you know like 
there's the G.I. Joe's <laughs> ripped in half and the Optimus Prime yeah. missing his right. Like, this is the Barbie. I cut all her hair off and gave her really bad eye makeup. Yeah, you're you're like, well, I in my case, like I have the articles I used to write. I have a couple sketches. I've done stand-up 20 times. I do a bunch of improv. Is that still marketable? Is it 2005? I've had this podcast for 14 years. And like, they're all just like, uh, like, you know, what's your TikTok? You know, what's your YouTube presence? And you're just like, I have none. And they say good day. And that's that. Mm. See, I have a YouTube presence. My presence everywhere is very tiny. I feel like my, my circle is always very small and close and supportive. But like, you know, I, I make shit all the time. And it's just like, here, I made this thing. And everyone's like, ugh, no one asked for this. <laughs> what a typical and disgusting display um i'm sorry that's the name of another podcast by alex sulkin and julia sharp but i I love that phrase where it's just cheated on me with yes well no i didn't i didn't cuck you with them they're too good for me i cucked you with dave juskow and um christine um from storyworthy um but yeah that is a cucking a, a typical and disgusting display. Yeah, everything I do, I feel like, um, you know how some people are very cynical about people who put themselves out there in a way? I feel like it's maybe like, you know, because they feel like it's phony or because they secretly don't have the guts to do it. So they're a little judgmental or contemptuous. Mm-hmm. Like like their act is sitting there with their arms folded waiting for you to impress them. Um <laughs> Sound like me receiving head. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there you go. You're a judgmental audience because you're not in the ditches doing it. Um. Oh, exactly. Like I, the more I have tried to do anything, the more like even the world's shittiest movie. I'm like, huh? Look at that. A movie got made. <laughs> like it's so miraculous that anything happens. Right. Yeah, no, but it just, it got me thinking. It, it got me, like, self-reflecting where it's like, am I trying to prove something? And then I was like, that can't possibly be because everything I do is just such a fucking embarrassment. I, it's so, <laughs> I don't know, though. Like, I've seen a lot of the puppet work you've done, and I watch it, and it's just one of those shitty things you have to realize <laughs> about putting things out there mm-hmm. where, like, there are other you know, multiverses, if you want to get into some uh, quantum theory slash Marvel comics, because that's okay. where I learned it from. Whereas, like, this broke the right way. And it went huge for you. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing inherently bad about it. Like, it was a good product you put out there. Fuck. Mm. And it's just, sometimes you put out something good, and you know, like, the the fuse is just six inches from a lit lighter. <laughs> and that's as close as they get and you're like uh fuck and you know what's funny i don't think that there's any i mean i I do think that it has to do with you know in a level it's a quality thing or things that resonate blah 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 but it has no bearing on how much the thing matters to you and my favorite story about that is um oh my god i you know when harold ramus was making um stuart smalley saves his family Mm -hmm um which was like such a huge bomb i i think that he had like such high hopes for it and Uh was like telling people like this is the one they're gonna remember me for oh jesus (laughs) and it's just like 
yeah, sometimes the thing you work the hardest on or you think is going to be the thing, the thing that matters so much to you at the time, like, it just doesn't land. And then something that you thought was garbage or a throwaway is the thing that everyone loves. And you're just like, what the fuck? Um, it's like that with tweets, right? You ever tweet something, you're like, this is brilliant. It gets no likes. You tweet something you think is dumb as fuck or hacky. And then. Oh, I don't, um... I don't want to admit <laughs> like how much effort in the late 2000s, early 2010s, I put into my Twitter because really? I was, oh, I was not on any stage. I was still out in goddamn Chantilly, Virginia. And I was like, this is how it happens for you, baby. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, did I do my damnedest to get noticed via Twitter? Yeah, that is the proper reaction here. You know, it's it's so it's so sweet because it's like, yeah, you know, everyone who made those early Twitter lists is really thriving in the lap of success right oh now. Oh my like the entirety of Twitter in terms of entertainment careers has launched like what three, four writers or something. You know what I mean? Like if anything, it's taken more people down. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. The amount the ledgers completely are in the negative at the end of the day when it comes to comedy career work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, what was that Star Wars character? It's a trap. Oh, Akbar. Akbar. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> That's Twitter. Yeah, it really is. Because you can go down that rabbit hole. And I was there for, again, several years where it's just like, here's my hot take. Mm. And you look back and you're like, a, who gives a fuck? And B, it, there's a self, you know, there's a self-importance to it that really, mm-hmm. if you get a bit of perspective on it, you're like, no one fucking cares what you think about James Corden. You know, that fat cat makeup shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> B, yeah, like there's this, especially what's happened in the late 2010s, early 2020s. It's like the risk reward of people going back through old tweets and being like, this motherfucker said that. Yeah, no, it's it's happened. And I um, you know, around the time where the tide started to turn, I dug through all my old tweets, which was like that's a lot of garbage to sift through. Oh my, mine <laughs> to are make horrific. sure that there was nothing to. And that's also so self-important because it's like who the fuck is looking at me? Who the shit cares? I'm nobody. Um, and then I realized that like you know, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it would be it would behoove all of us to just delete the whole damn thing. Because once you say something and publish it, and it's on the internet forever, then yeah, it can come back to haunt you, even though saying things used to just be, you know, a, a you know, temporary thing, you know, you say it, it's in the air, poof, it's gone. Uh, well, people I, remember you being an asshole, but not the entire world can see it. And it's just, it's how much the goalposts move with time. And it seems to possibly be accelerating with Mm. technology. I'm not sure if that is the truth, but like, I will, the very easy example is The Office, which ran from like, I think, 04 to 13 or something like that, 05 to 13. Mm -hmm. And you had Steve uh, Carell doing you know, like, quote unquote, racially offensive characters and stuff. And the gag was everyone else knew it was offensive, but Steve Carell. And you wouldn't, that's not space that gets explored, especially on a network show these days. You know what I mean? Like, they would just be like, yeah, um, we all just inherently know that this is offensive. now. We don't want to walk that plank one way or the other. Um, Yeah, that's hard. I think that, like, we were... 
in, we were like deeply in an era of shock value comedy that was also reliant on a lot of cringe comedy. And that was sort of like Ricky Gervais's bread and butter because mm-hmm. he started The Office and also the show Extras had a lot of that stuff. And, you know, to be fair, like, I love those shows. Um, and I think that, like, you know, same for Family Guy or South Park or, you know, people who were leaning heavily into... um you know, gallows humor and offensive comedy and racial shit, where it was sort of like, it was supposed to be like, oh, isn't it ridiculous that anybody would act this way or believe this? Like, the main character is always supposed to be the butt of the joke. Yes, exactly. But, in no way are we supposed to rah-rah along with this person. They're, they're a right. fucking idiot for our ridicule. But then, like, you know, it became a slippery slope because I feel like, you know, the actual people involved who, it's not like... I don't know. You can you can be a black person or a gay person or a, you know, um Can you Molly? No, I mean you could be you could be a marginalized person and still feel as though you're being exploited for a joke like that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um especially when like social justice issues aren't you know, they're so prevalent and things are so bad that like it's adding insult to injury. And I think that like you know, then then the creators of things like that get defensive because they're like, oh, shit, now people think I'm racist and I have to backpedal or I have to double down and now come off as adversarial or insensitive. But really, I'm not a bad like I don't think that, you know, Ricky Gervais or Seth MacFarlane or Trey Parker are bad guys. You know up. what I mean? Um, but I think that this is like difficult territory to navigate because the pendulum swung back so fast. Um, and then also it's it's compounded by social media where now you have like grassroots criticism instead of it just being critics or papers or whatever making commentary. Now anybody can comment on it and you, you know, and that's a good thing, though. I mean, it's not the end of the world for, you know, schmucky McGee 66 to have an opinion. What does it harm does it do you ultimately? You know what I mean? Uh, my Twitter um, handle ends in a 60. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I, I'm sorry. I thought you were Schmucky McGee, sixty eight. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's just it's tough. Um, I feel like everyone's tensions are running high, and you know, everyone's like, there's a lot of sensitivity. That's why you see people like Dave Chappelle just getting like really sort of like, I'm not bad, and I support trans people, but I also don't support trans people. It's like a weird double-edged thing where it's like oh yeah i mean artists are also very sensitive and it's like anytime anyone disagrees with them especially if they're rich or usually surrounded by yes men it's probably like what the fuck is happening (laughs) oh 100 percent. and i think for Chappelle, so long being like this kind of (laughs) underdog champion you know like you're a comedian coming up and you're a black dude and you're you're Telling it like it is, God, that's the whitest thing I'll ever say. But, <laughs> uh, like it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> telling it like they say on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, Keeping it real. I because I actually saw him touring, uh, right, but like doing the material for that special, the most recent one. I forgot what the fuck it's called. That like where he really doubled down on the trans humor and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's weird to me because like. On one hand, I fucking just say what you want about me. I don't like I I love trans people. I've made 
trans friends through my time in improv comedy and stuff. Like You're I, like, I am trans when I take enough Adderall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Like I hope this yeah. <laughs> uh yeah like i uh yeah god damn i am really really retracted right now but real box turtle situation going on but um like i can't speak for what's in Chappelle's heart like on one hand i don't think he has genuine malice towards trans people um like he seemed for someone who's supposed to be transphobic he seemed very respecting of pronouns and things of that nature but then he would swing pretty hard in the other direction where it's like i i mean for me comedically it's like if your kid isn't trans if you're not trans if a loved one isn't trans it's just maybe not the most fascinating space to explore i don't fucking know what i mean like i i feel like a lot of this behavior on his part and on the part of other people like that, like Bill Maher, people who like bemoan cancel culture in that sense all the time, when really it's like, you're not going to get canceled because you didn't commit an actual crime. People might not like what you said or like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, But uh, I feel like it really is a symptom of defensiveness on the part of people who desperately deep down need to be liked. And when they aren't, they just snap to hostility. Um, yeah, why the fuck do any of us do comedy other than we think us as ourselves unvarnished aren't good enough? You know, well, we're not worthy of love and attention. Exactly. So, like, That's the main reason you do comedy is because you desperately need, you know, the validation that your parents never gave you. Yeah, it's um, it's a very simple equation. It's just so, like, well, regular me is not good enough. Funny me. Here's funny me. You know, like. Right. But then you can very quickly like, you know, let's say you get heckled the wrong way and all of a sudden you turn into Bill Hicks leaning over the stool screaming that Hitler didn't go far enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they can turn on a dime when they get their little feelings hurt. So and then the Jews gave him cancer. <laughs> yeah. And then the Hollywood Illuminati Jews gave him cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, no, he wasn't. He wasn't saying anti-Semitic wise. He was like saying that Hitler should have like just killed everybody, like mm-hmm. because every every human is awful. It I must have been. It must have been quite a heckle. I actually wish I twenty one. What I said. It's probably a soundbite that would have just done fine in twenty one. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one would have played that ten second clip and tried to sink the man's career. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> dig up Bill Hicks so we can cancel him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can have that threesome, Joan Rivers. You tag him in some nasty tweets. My take on Bill Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. I had the weirdest exposure to Bill Hicks. Like, it was not originally through his comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it was the inlay to Tool's Enema album. <laughs> Had like this cartoon depiction of him with like a mutant patient. And I believe it was captioned. I didn't even own this album, but I had so many friends that did. Okay. That I think I could still tell you it said Bill Hicks, another dead hero. Mm. I could be wrong. And then oddly enough, the first stand up book that I ever purchased was. Uh, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer, <laughs> which was, I guess, like the most ripoff of Bill Hicks mm. there ever was. Mm-hmm. And I don't like I'm trying to think of getting acquainted with something through the the shit facsimile 
Yeah. But then thinking that's the genuine article because it's what you were exposed to first. But I cannot come up with <laughs> I'm sorry. I got distracted thinking about the sheer mileage that Dennis Leary got out of smoking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's just like all you had to do there was stand there with a cigarette and you know, sort oh, of like fight. like at least Carrot Top had different props. <laughs> god damn! Dennis Leary's entire act was just sucking down butts on a stage. I mean, like which I respect. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, nice course, work yeah. if you can get it. Um. I don't know. I it's it's funny. Um I you know, I feel for everyone so deeply. <laughs> yeah, it's just so hard being this empathetic. Now. It's so hard being a millionaire and having people not like you. <laughs> <laughs> As the world crumbles. Um anyway. Well, it's a shame you didn't hit it off with Vicky. No, I did not. No Dicky for Vicky. Um what are there do you want to are there any other uh topical topics that you want to cover should we talk about uh Jelaine Maxwell or... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I you know I have retreated so far from the news <laughs> as of late I I don't know I think it's just been a genuine like a like a kind of a, a gradual thing since Biden was elected where it's like mm. okay I don't have to like listen for the the last 10 minutes you know whatever the fuck is going to make me <laughs> existentially angry that the president you know what i mean like right. once it became that and it's like a more normal kind of the world is going to hell i've just been like look i'm just gonna vote the way i'm gonna vote and uh, donate i guess a little bit and that's all i'm fucking doing so mm-hmm. that wins me the prize of not having to pay attention to the goddamn <laughs> news so much um yes but she uh the whole epstein thing Oh, she uh I guess she got sentenced and uh and she's yeah, she's going away. So now everyone's sharing photos of her and Jeffrey Epstein being like, Oh great couples finish each other's sentences. sentences yeah. Uh, um Imagine being Twitter. the first person that did actually come up with that. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's- I'm sure they're rolling in dough right now. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm sure the royalties are just <laughs> a tsunami of royalties. Exactly, no, schmucky ducky 69 and the tweet has two likes. I mean there's no hope for us. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't have much else other than I'll I'll finish with this odd story that has fascinated me in my personal life today. Um Five years ago, when I first started doing improv classes, and I actually threw a stand-up class into the mix early on. Did you ever do one of those things to motivate your ass, or no? You just actually sacked up and did it. What, an improv class? No, stand-up. Well, have you done oh, improv classes, but also class. stand-up um, classes? I didn't take a stand-up class. I did open mics and audition spots and okay. all that stuff. Yeah, like what actual people who want to do this do. But stand-up classes classes are for people who talk a good game Mm -hmm. about wanting to do stand-up. You know, like, I'm the funny doctor. I'm the funny lawyer. I'm the funny this. I'm the funny that. I'm the funny locksmith. And, (laughs) you know, my friends said I needed to do this, so I finally did it. Uh, Really early on, maybe, like, within 30 seconds of actually having to do stand-up, you figure out you kind of hate it for most of these people. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to say that the, the retention rate to go on to mics beyond 
the so mine was at the DC Improv. It's it's hosted by this stand up from the Philly area, dude named Chris Cochia. He's mm. nice enough guy. Uh, Chris literally comes down on the train from Philly pretty much every Sunday. Uh, this class is booked up six months in advance. You know, deep as shit wait list. Sixteen people show up four weeks in a row. You go on the stage of the DC Improv. You bang out uh, five minutes of material. Uh, it's amazing to see people trying to do a new five-minute set every week. And it's like, no, you're going to deliver, even with four weeks of practice, your first set horrifically poorly. So please focus. <laughs> and it's and then uh, your classmates are like, well, I like this and I didn't like that. And you just want to be like, well, well, shut the fuck up. You're as bad at this as I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a weird experience. And then there's the grad show where everyone applauds and everyone gets their photo taken in front of the DC improv signage. And it becomes like your Facebook profile. In this perpetuity. sounds like a great graft. This guy it's sounds amazing. like the fucking, Hen- what's it? Henry Hill of fucking Stanford. <laughs> Chris Cochia. Yeah. You got the alliteration. <laughs> Uh, nice Chris Cochia. oh good for him yeah he oh you got trouble <laughs> he landed the gig a long time ago and it's like yeah do that math so what 350 mm-hmm. times 16 off the top of my head you're talking like high five thousands or something he's a one-man UCB yeah exactly so even if he's getting one third of that cut nah let's say half yeah he's banking per four weeks like 2500 doing it or whatever the fuck um, john you should start an improv school oh my god this would be amazing just in the like side area of a mcdonald's or something like the ball pit of a chick-fil-a i, I love this for you i uh, mean if you're if being on this pod with you has taught me anything is that you're gifted in the art of bullshit you should totally start oh, an improv school absolutely and it'd be like we are in this slidey hole because mm-hmm. I need to remind you of a child's freedom of play. Right. And they'll go, ooh, ah, and then, yes. <laughs> Pretend this ball pit is your emotions. <laughs> and you're yeah. trying to navigate. <laughs> emotions can give you hepatitis if you go into yeah. them with your mouth open. I, I bring this up because five years ago when I did this, one mm-hmm. of the people was a, a woman by the name of Burke Johnson. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Burke. Not that I really have anything bad to say, but I can drop her full name because fuck it, I can. Um, <laughs> That's bad enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Burke was like really attractive. You know, I was there with my buddy, uh, Pete Maybe, who was on the show back in the day, a uh, dude named Oathman, uh, a couple friends. We were all just like, holy shit, this girl's gorgeous. Like she, you know, cur- curly hair, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like most of us had a shit set. You know what I mean? Like did not do well. Most people go on stage and shocker in four weeks of doing five minute sets you have not developed the stage presence of a dave Chappelle, for example so uh burke really i facebook friended her just taking a flyer but there was no real interaction and to my knowledge she never really does facebook she's just one of those people that like once a year like a dead person you're reminded of their existence because it's like (laughs) it's such and such his birthday today Mm -hmm. well today december 30th is burke johnson's birthday Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, what's she been up to? And I click on her profile mm-hmm. and there's like, and she's dead. N- <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> and I went good for her. Um, yeah. No, it, it's same deal. She's posting none of her content, uh-huh. but 
I scroll back a couple of months, you know, looking for like summer bikini pics she's tagged in. Fuck it, whatever. Right. And I see something posted by like her mom back in February. And it's like a link to a Netflix show starring Kevin James. Okay. And it's like, please check this out. Girl Burke is writing for it. Oh, wow. And well, that's a considerate reaction. I was just like, awash in you know feelings of cosmic injustice and shit well i mean so it's just yeah she's you know she's actually working instead of dicking around on social media like like, what the the fuck happened in these in you know the ensuing four slash five years like yeah because i never heard of her in the comedy scene in dc she wasn't doing stand-up i didn't hear of her doing improv and i'm not gonna act like i've done any googling of her name yet but I'm probably going to, at some point, go through the credits of whatever the fuck this show was and be like, is she really writing? Because that's insane. Like, I think she was, like, freshly out of law school at the time or something. Like, she was really motivated. Even I know I'm answering my own question as I say this out loud. Right, <laughs> well, but. you know, not everyone goes the performance route. I mean, some people actually, you know, I mean, I know a lot of writers do and and succeed that way. But I feel like also a lot of, people maybe try that route and then ditch it and then just focus on the writing stuff and then that's where they excel i mean fuck i would love to do the writing chunk of things though like that's never been floated toward me you know what i mean i'll I'll float some shit towards you if you want to do the writing stuff yeah yeah (laughs) is this like fucking obits for a local newspaper (laughs) i don't care yeah fuck it let's do it heckerling let's write Like, Let's come up with something that Mike Sachs will try to help us with, and then regret trying to help and then us blow later. Blow it up, yeah. I yeah. Just, and like some cigar smoking <laughs> figure is going to turn to him and go, "Strike two, sexy boy. <laughs> One more, and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> we revoke your Judaism." <laughs> Yeah, no, the like honestly the coolest thing to ever happen to me because of performing probably happened like 48 hours ago like some woman tracked me down from my improv show and was like you were very funny and attractive and I'm like I've never heard more important words continue. <laughs> like, I, I mean made, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh god, it's fucking amazing. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, you never know. Someone saw me do comedy and then he asked me to be in his play, like in the Fringe Festival. And it was mm-hmm. sort of like, you you think that I can do things based on seeing that? Okay. How did it go? It was good. That's awesome. Jesus. It was a long ass time ago now. It was like pre-pandemic and I was like, I was, I was early pregnant with Rosie knowing none of this was going to happen. So what? You're saying like you had a, a lactation thing? No, no, I'm saying that, like, you know, had I known we would have gone into a global pandemic, maybe I would have thought it was, like, selfish to have another kid or something. Uh, um, yeah. But that fuck too. it, she's... <laughs> I mean, if she's I suffer, so does she. Giant, um, giant Rosie. We joke about that. I know you made funny posts. Rosie was normal size when born and is still yeah. normal size, right? Okay. Yeah, no, she's totally normal size. Like, um, you posted one photo once where it looked like Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> on The Simpsons, yeah. where he drank that nerve tonic and did do you remember that picture head. of like when Joe Biden and Jill Biden went to go visit the Carters? Um, okay. It was sort of like that. I don't know what the fuck it is with these cameras, um, but they give people gigantism if you're on the edge of the frame. Apparently, it's, it's the hype Williams fisheye lens thing from like the Missy Elliott videos. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, so you looked her up and she's writing on this thing and you felt betrayed that she succeeded. Well, yeah, it was just kind of annoying because at first it was like, but I was the one selected to close the show because mm. my five minutes was best. I said it in that Francis Pee-wee era. <laughs> it's my birthday, Pee-wee. And my father says I can have anything I want. And, you know, also you're like, God, this woman was like breathtakingly beautiful. I'm sure she still is, barring like an acid attack of some sort. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, she's writing too? You're like, God damn it. Like, was this the one? Did I flub up? Aw. Yeah, but... um no, I, I I do. If anyone wants to do my homework for me, Burke Johnson <laughs> was writing for a Kevin James show on Netflix that dropped Feb of twenty one. All right, because yeah. you're a friend. You're a friend. I'll do some. I'll do some stalking for you. I'll do- oh. <laughs> I'm on this. I'll violate some boundaries. I'll figure some things out. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. You're like, look, I got a friend who's a cop. Yeah. This can get scary if you wanted to. Oh no, I just have a lot of spare time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's always the best if you have a friend in law law enforcement, and you're like, oh, if only I knew her name. And they're just like, you want it? You got a partial plate number? You're like, no, no, no. Uh, okay, so next episode we'll blow the lid off stalking and law enforcement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't the meat cute you thought it was (laughs) nice oh shit well molly we didn't uh, even talk about how our christmas was but fuck it oh Um, i i haven't opened my gifts yet oh okay like i yeah my family's weird like that where my brother wants to act like even opening presents is a chore (laughs) And so he'll, like, emotionally blackmail my mom and be like, look, we're not fighting right now. Do you want that to change? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm 40, so there's nothing under the tree I'm going to give a fuck about, you know? Like, <laughs> like, what socks did you take a stab with this year? You know, like, I don't care. So we, I will take a photo right now, December 30th, of the wrapped <laughs> offerings still under the tree. Like, sometimes that shit gets done after inauguration. You know what I mean? Like, it just lingers. Aww. I love that, though. If it, if it remains unopened, then maybe it's really something wonderful. As long as... Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Schrodinger's president, you know? Like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a dead cat. Might be laptop. <laughs> might be a girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Might be Burke Johnson. Yeah. Oh shit. How about you? How did it go with you guys? Oh, it was fine. I made a I made a roast, and then they yelled at each other, and <laughs> it was fine. Oh wait, no. How did the yelling parse out? Like, there's a lot of they in that household. I want to. Oh, it was no. I mean, uh, mom and grandma don't eat, so like you know, whatever. I I made a. I tried to compensate for how shitty Thanksgiving was. You <laughs> making you've Christmas nice. Explain this, by the way, on previous podcasts that Did your I? mom. Well, you've you've touched oh, on it. I shouldn't say explain. Eat? 
Yeah, that yeah. like she's like this weird kind of almost anorexic where she like eats shadows or something. No, well, there's like, a term for it. It's called orthorexia, where it's orth- like an obsession. It's called it's a sort of revolves around an obsession with health and and being healthy, but okay. you systematically eliminate things from your diet, and it kind of affects your social life and you know how comfortable you feel being around you know other people. I don't know. It's it's a weird blah blah. blah. Um, <laughs> It's funny because I'm trying to bust out my Greek roots of words knowledge here. And just orthorexia sounds like someone who doesn't eat shoes. <laughs> You're like, it sounds bird related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it the sister of baby Rexa? I don't Something with bones? Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, God. Um... But uh, no, it was more about like me and Jason and the kids because they're the they're the Gentiles. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Nice for the Gentiles, and you know, we can't go to Albany to see your weird Aunt Margaret. Let me make us something here. And then um, Jason and Harper got into a fight about a cardboard insert for the Jenga box. We gave her Jenga, and she like threw this insert away that like makes it easier to put the tiles back in the box. Uh... So this became a major point of contention. Oh God! And do it was I just sort of like, well, I tried. Kid. Yeah. Oh, you did your best. Uh, whatever. Um, you know, it was still good. It was still good and nice and whatever. And now New Year's. It's the lull before New Year, so everyone should just get to like fuck off and be, you know, miserable, yeah, and lazy um, until then. So God, in it. theory, I'm supposed to turn in a bunch of late paperwork that needed to be done last year. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point, like, I have to tell customers, like, can we just pretend I did this on January 1st for everyone's books? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's horrible. No, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I remember as a kid, like, the image of parents sifting through trash cans filled with wrapping paper because, like, a Lego piece might be in the mix <laughs> yeah. and you can't build the castle without it. And you're like, well, where is it? Yeah, what yeah, did you yeah. do with it? I did. I had something similar yesterday. I was out front of a a taco shop Mm -hmm. and I threw away what I thought were like bags of old blocks I wasn't going to use. And then I think there might've been like, I don't know, like a $15 lock cylinder in the mix that I could use. And I was like, ah, shit. And I kind of like started tapping (laughs) through the garbage. And after like 10 seconds, it was like, this is not a good look, sir. Like you, (laughs) you need to wave goodbye to the taco smeared locks. (laughs) And get on with your life and eat tacos yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you're like digging through the corner. Yeah. And you're like, this is making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder people stop there. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Um, happy, happy new year coming up to you and the fam. Yeah, you too. Thank you. And I guess we'll we'll pod again early in the new year like you know fucking weekish from now yeah we'll we'll pod after after our new years and we'll talk about getting drunk at home and (laughs) debating whether or not to put on pants oh unless maybe you're going to your friend's house with the cat who shits i think i think i am like i think i'm running back to my friend dawn's place where i stayed for like a month and a half and tasted sweet sweet adulthood Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe 
by 2022, my penis will be descended again. Uh, <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, you'll go there. You'll set the tone for 2022 to like get out. Your penis will drop <laughs> after the countdown. And then, yeah. Yeah, Dick Clark <laughs> will come back from the grave and strictly announce <laughs> the descending of my shaft. Yeah. He and Kathy Griffin will stand beside your penis. <laughs> and celebrate um okay cool yeah well Well, thanks for having me i'll upload this is there has anyone listened that has given you positive feedback i I know a lot of people are enjoying you on the show oh really yeah have you uh, this is me being like (laughs) i'm like that sounds like a lot no i mean have you shared some nice tweets we've gotten some very like we have yeah we have some positive retweets i want you to tell me that your new york comedy friends are like this guy he's he's new york level funny (laughs) and molly you're killing it yourself i think you're like way overestimating quote-unquote new york funny yeah i know i'm very sorry to burst this bubble for you i know i know it's it's like the guys that haven't gone to college and they, yeah. you know, like think of college as the fucking lyceum or something. And it's just like people getting on Tinder and spreading gonorrhea to each other like a nursing home. And oh, you know, I mean, sleeping you know, through glass. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All the people in NYU just like killed themselves first semester. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's yeah. definitive, at least. Yeah. Oh, this was that... an animal house. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Delta Splata. Yeah. Shit. <sighs> All right. Okay, well, happy holidays. Yeah, you too, Hackerling. We'll talk in 2022, except I'm sure we'll tweet and text in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Later. Bye.